She's a slut. <laughs> and if a man's dancing with two hands over his head, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> I find, I think we've tested that theory in real life, and that's 100% true. I know. I find myself being gay when I dance. <laughs> <laughs> both my, I, I'm like fighting both hands from shooting up at all times. <laughs> Keep one on the mic, one on the top of your head. <laughs> I'll turn this down so we we we're less flarely with our arms, I guess. <laughs> All right, are we are we good to go? We recording? I'm gonna spark this joint. Gracias, thank you. All right, welcome back to House Hall, everyone. I am your host, Ani Mush. Uh, thank you again for coming back and listening to the last seven episodes. Um, I'm hyped, dude. This is keeping me accountable. Uh, Laura's here. Hi, Laura. Hello. And today, our guest, friend, comedian, podcaster, overall hilarious human and dad and husband, Sydney Yen. Thank Welcome. you very much. I am a hilarious dad. <laughs> <laughs> you have two podcasts. Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on two podcasts. Well, I mean. One and it's like one and one and a half, one in a secret. Podcast. Okay, yeah. So I have two Jack Bros and then mm-hmm. I have Stoner Dads. Yeah, which is you know we do whenever uh, fate aligns it to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the way it should be. That sounds how that podcast should go. One time yeah. I was doing shrooms at home and it started to become like not a good trip. And I think it was when the first Stoner Dads came out. And I put it on, and it, like, brought me out of it. I was oh, like, my God. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. Like, it's people that are, I like, they're cool. They're my friends. Like, I don't that's know. awesome. Man, that is the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. friends, for calming me down out of this crazy time. That's awesome. Laura and I always talk about the different dimensions that we've gone to. Yeah. That's funny. That first episode of Stoner Dads, I was, I was on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was, so funny. That was all, we connected. Yeah. That's sick. That's awesome. I love connecting brains like that, you know? Oh, man, yeah. so much fun. Well, very exciting. Welcome to the podcast. I'm, I am very happy to be here. Yeah, dude. Here, uh, you want to? Yeah, we need a joint that, assistant. Thank you, joint assistant. This is your <laughs> turn. Yes. Okay. Um, I wanted to have you on because we met, I don't know if you remember when we met, but we met on my birthday in Philly at Helium. Okay. Um. It was a night, and we were in the back, and you had come back to, like, use the bathroom or something. I do that. And you happened to be there, and you had said something about your podcast, and then I remembered three days later when we were still hungover (laughs) back in New York, and then I was like, wait, that guy Sydney was really nice, and we've, I think since then, you've been on a bunch of podcasts here at Too Much Content. Yeah. And we've been like back and forth to Philly a bunch, and it's been really cool. I, I, re- I remember that. I remember that 
that's the night I think I met all of you. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was ridiculous walking into a room with that much <laughs> ambition. It was fucking sickening. <laughs> I, mean, I went to Helium three different times. It was yeah. a month and a half. Of nights. Great nights. Um, great nights, and and I'm happy that we met because every time that you've come over, you've I think you've said like a nugget of of wonderful truth that's been very inspirational. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and I I very much appreciate that. And Man, I w- can you let me know those things? Like I just I'm just oh, a conduit. Dude. I don't like I say these things. Like I don't know what the hell's coming out of my mouth half the time. Like, okay. God speaks through me. Yeah. Right. Like, like please was... tell me what I said. I need to change my life. Oh my god, no. It's it's always great. This one time here. This one time you came over and it was it was we're a podcast or something i don't know and um you asked if you saw our studio i think for the first time and you were like are your parents proud and like that just meant a lot for someone to ask <laughs> and all and you're like as a dad i'm really proud of you oh. <laughs> and like my dad all, uh, says he's proud of me it's not like yeah. my dad doesn't say he's proud but it was just cool for another dad to to say that you know because like your dad kind of has to whatever but it was cool that was the nugget and then you came over um to do sam's podcast bucked up Mm -hmm. and there were several things that you said that like that were that that stick with me (laughs) so (laughs) one of them was that you and your wife ainsley decided that you guys were i forget how many years ago but you said you don't complain anymore we try not to complain. Oh yeah, that anymore. was like eleven years ago now, close to eleven, ten, eleven. It was right before my son was born. Will you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, I, just I thought just, that was a really cool thing. I just noticed that I, I felt like uh, I was magnifying every issue that I felt like I had mm-hmm. in my own world, and uh, you know, I just you know, my my Ansley and I were talking about it, and she so she kind of like set me on a path to get my shit together uh, ten years before that. Oh, wow. And by just telling me to stop feeling sorry for myself one day. And it was like, it hit me really hard because she, I was absolutely feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. And she said that, and I was like, yeah, why don't I just stop? And making what a did, conscious decision. Sorry, sorry. What did that look like, just so that? Oh, I hit her a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you're right, but fuck you. How dare you disrespect me in my dorm room? <laughs> Okay, so valid. Okay, cool, cool. I mean, like, you know, there are plenty of things that you could be getting your shit together on, but like, you know, okay, cool. Well, no, so I I was going to, I was going to quit college at the time and I just, I just didn't, my, my method of just sitting in class and just absorbing the information and then crushing the test wasn't working in college. I as hated well. people like you in college. Well, I wasn't that in college. I couldn't do it. I felt broken the whole entire time. I needed to study and I didn't know how to because I never studied before. Yeah. Like I didn't study all through high school. So it was, uh, I, I struggled with that. I struggled with the, uh, the e- my ego because um, I, th- I thought that, I, I, you know, I, I considered myself smart and I measured that by how much I didn't have to study, right? Yeah. And then when I did have to study, I was like, oh, I'm not smart anymore. Yeah, you know, these, and then there was a there was a smart guy like this one kid named Ahsoka who just was an engineering major and just never opened a book, and he just got it and he was correcting the teacher, Wild. Well, helping the, the yeah professor. facilitating you know the I mean? class essentially. Like he was never he was a sweet guy. Yeah, you know, and it was like oh that's what smart is. Yeah, you know, but 
I've learned to accept that there's a spectrum and I'm on it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I no, mean, I was, I was just, I'm sorry. I was just being a baby mm. and she called me out on it. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously that helped and that changed your life in some way. It did. It helped, it helped me uh, kind of like see, see the direction that I wanted to go. And before I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life at all. Mm. And uh, because of that, I was, you know, I was, I was everywhere. So I was, I, I wasn't secure in anything. Mm. And because of that, I was, you know, like I was technically insecure Yeah. and, and, uh, something I learned from, uh, interviewing people on my podcast, like this guy, Mike Rainey said it very specifically that, uh, cause he was talking about being poor. He was saying that you don't realize when you're insecure, how much that relates to it, like low self-esteem. Yeah. Right. So like I was insecure, my, I had low self-esteem and you know, I just stopped. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it, it's, it's easy to like when you, when you don't want to, when you don't want to be accountable, there's easy to find a bunch of reasons to not be. Yeah. And I didn't have direction and I didn't want to be accountable f- for having to find direction. Mm-hmm. Right. So rather than be accountable for finding direction, I just fought with everything. Do yeah. you think that you are a lazy person? Yes. Really? Yes. You don't come off as lazy at all. Well, no, I'm just like very honest to myself about it. Yeah. You know? Do you find, like, I try to like work smarter, not harder. I get stuff done. Yeah. I get stuff done, but a lot of it is like uh, up against the wall, up against the clock. I'm like that too. And I think it's because I have ADD and I like, but I didn't know until I was an adult and it's really debilitating sometimes. I don't know. Is that an excuse? I don't know. I think it's a personality trait. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because for instance, this, we were talking before this podcast that I felt like, like when I started this podcast first, it took me a year to even start this. Laura and I did the first episode fucking three times and it it was just, some of it was resistance. Some of it was me feeling insecure and I just, I didn't feel like, I couldn't be accountable to myself and I finally had to do it. And ever since I've been on this path of like doing it, it's made me more responsible in other aspects of my life. Do you feel like that, like your podcast does that or something else in your life does that? Yeah. I mean, your kids and wife, of course. (laughs) That helps. (laughs) That helps. That helps. Yeah. I mean, I I guess it it all, it all kind of helps, but again, like I'm a big, for me, I have to. I have to start with being very honest about a thing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, accountability from the outside looking in looks impossible because it's hard. Mm-hmm. So, what we do is we tend to form these like, uh, you know, our personalities around not having to be particularly accountable for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm trying to, I don't know, just embrace. I, I know if if I try to if I try to if if I try to avoid how difficult something is. I, I avoid it. I, I'm really good at coming up with reasons to avoid something yeah. in my own mind. Me too. Right? So yeah. I have to be like, if this is hard, I can do hard things, let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, I'm like <laughs> in a constant state of like way too hype about shit because yeah. that's the only way I can get stuff done. I'm just like, <laughs> let's do, this is fucking hard, let's do hard. Let's fucking <laughs> go! <laughs> yeah. Pay the bills! Basically, yeah. that's no. how it has to be for me. I'm like yeah. redlining at all times. So, yeah. it's, have you ever had to teach yourself how to relax? No, that's why I'm lazy. 
Because it's, again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm redlining a lot, not a lot, but like, you know, there's fucking run a business and shit, you know, and there's a lot of things to be accountable for. So like, you know, I feel like that way sometimes too, where I perform better up against the wire, but then I feel like I'm just at this constant state of hype and I want to be like working on my shit too. Yeah. So I need to like learn how to relax so that I can like do shit for myself. Well, see here. So uh, it's it's funny that we're having this conversation. So <laughs> one of the one of the questions that we ask on the Patreon of my podcast because we ask a set of questions on the regular podcast on the Patreon. It's a different set of questions that oh. are the opposite of the questions on the free episode. Okay. Yeah. So one of the so one of the questions is something that um, isn't the same, but people see it as the same, right? <laughs> yeah. So right now, this what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Our, our different versions of being up against the clock mm-hmm. appear the same from the outside. Yeah. But if you take one step inside, right? Because you're up against the clock because of all this other work you're getting done. Mm-hmm. I'm up against the clock because I'm in my shed getting high watching Netflix. <laughs> right? <laughs> Until I finally have to just like get up and just go. Like, it's like, I, I swear to you, it's like, I, it, might, it must look insane to my neighbors. Because, like, they'll see me, like, saunter into the shed, just, like, you know, like, willy-nilly, and I'll be in there for, like, hours, and then all of a sudden, I just bolt out of the shed and run into the house. Bro, this is my shed. You're in it. (laughs) Okay? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice shed. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So, well, that's cool. I'm glad we're on the same wave there. Uh, So, we, we haven't even touched on, you are, you're a comic. Yes. How long have you been doing comedy for? Wow, I would say, I want to say like 17 years. 17 years. Yeah. Did you always know that you wanted to do comedy? Kind of. Not, I mean, I always thought that I wanted to do something to entertain people. Mm-hmm. I always, I loved stand-up comedy. I, I did. I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but I didn't believe it was possible. I didn't yeah. know that people became stand-up comedians. Yeah. You know, So it was like, I, it was one of those where growing up, it was like I already wasn't a stand-up comedian, so how would I ever become a stand-up comedian? Yeah. So I, I'll just follow whatever track of education I'm, I'm told I'm good at. Yeah. And see what that does. That's how I was kind of taught, you know. The yeah. Regular ABCs, you know, you go to school, do all the things, and all. I always thought that entertainment was cool, mm-hmm. and like I always thought thought behind the scenes of that was cool, like when. I tried to guess the end of plot lines. I still do that all the time. Yeah. And I don't know, just like the uh, act of writing a script, I think is really cool. Um, but I never thought that I would like be able to do that for myself. Yeah. When you, I have so much, uh, I only have anxiety when it comes to movies and shows. Yeah. And I have so much plot anxiety. that when you just said, I try to guess, guess plot lines, my butthole puckered. <laughs> It was like no, don't, don't, don't know that. It's, I uh, can't. My brain's broken like that, dude. Like, do you want a water? Oh yes, yes, yeah. please. Here you go. Thank you. Yeah. Um. I. Well. I mean, like for instance, we were. I mean, I guess I do do this a lot. I do this often in shows, but mm-hmm. especially because you know this the show every season has like a general pop, plot line. Anyway, so you kind of see where it's going. But I do it a lot in movies too, and I always get really hyped if I like guess it right. I do it right before it happens. I'm like, this is about to happen. Like, right. I have to stop shows because there's too much tension. 
Really? I stop a show and then come back the next day. What's the most recent one that you had to stop? Stargate SG-1. When uh, <laughs> So I'm, I watch a lot of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching uh, season 10 of Stargate SG-1 when Colonel Mitchell goes to the Aleutian Alliance. Okay. <laughs> and he's pretending to be another person. But the way it works is you inject some, you poke somebody and inject them with this chemical. Mm-hmm. And then you tell them who you are and their brain sees you as that. Oh. But all the other people that are not injected with this chemical, oh. they still see you as who you really are. Yeah. And he's he's impersonating a person that not a lot of people have ever seen, except mm-hmm. for the guy that he poked. But then people keep showing up. Oh, fuck. And every time they're like, another person showed up, I'm like, stop. <laughs> like, I can't handle this. I can't handle it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we, just, we just finished all the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. like all the Avengers and all of the things. Um, dude, I, I I guessed a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the worst. I'm the fucking worst. Why is that? Okay. That camera's not working. Okay. Weird. Um, and anyways, so you're, you've been doing it for 17 years. Yes. And what was the, was, was it your wife also that at that moment that helped with your path line? Did it happen at the same time? Or did you know after she told you, you gotta get your shit together. Then later on you figured out like, I'm going to do comedy. I think all of it. Oh. <laughs> I think all. So it was, uh, you know, we. she said that while we were in college. We graduated from college. Uh, we moved to Texas. I went to a comedy show that was like a comedy open mic mm-hmm. because I wanted to try it, but I wanted to go watch first. Yeah. And uh, she went with me and, you know, she told me, you know, she encouraged me to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were only by ourselves in Texas. We didn't have any friends or family at the time yeah and uh so yeah i went and did it and uh, i had a really good set my first set and that night she was just like if this is if comedy is what you want to do i'll have your back i have you know I'll whatever it takes that's dope you know and um yeah it was like it was exciting and because and then we went the next week and i fucking bombed <laughs> so bad yeah it's still it's so i one time did this show where uh, I bombed in this theater for this like charity event and I kept cursing when I wasn't supposed to. That's not why I bombed. I bombed. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm just going to fucking curse now. <laughs> and uh, But it was like for like 3,000 people. And it was uh, one of these weird theaters that goes up high instead of out back. At, like, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, you're in the fucking Coliseum <laughs> and you're just bombing with people like looking down they at you. They can literally throw tomatoes at you. Yes. Yeah. And I still, that second time I was on stage and I bombed, is still the worst feeling I've ever had bombing to mm-hmm. this day. You know? Yeah. And it was, uh, but yeah, she still still had my back. And, uh, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. And here you are, 20, like, 21 years later? Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you went to Texas. You came back to where? You moved to Texas. Yeah, we moved to Texas. You, okay. How long were you in Texas? About a year and a half. And then you... Went to Pittsburgh. P- went to Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah. so you've been doing generally, like, have you been in Pennsylvania since around that time? No, we went from uh, Pittsburgh to Atlanta, and then from Atlanta back up to the Philadelphia area. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's where we've been for the last, I would say, 12, 11 years. So when mm-hmm. we got back to Pennsylvania was when we were like, all right, no more complaining. Yeah. Let's just see. And she she was also in a situation where she was in a work situation where she was getting overshadowed by a guy and every step along the way, it was like, oh, here, this is the sexism is happening, mm-hmm. right? And towards the end of it, it was like, how about if we just don't act like any of this is sexism? Mm-hmm. Let's just see what happens if you just 
do whatever you want. Yeah. Step in and say what you want. Don't care about what they think of you being a, a, a chick. Mm-hmm. And she did that. And, and in that month, it completely changed how they saw her in the company. Wow. Right? Because before, the reason why she was calling it sexist, so she, the, this guy was getting credit for a lot of the work that she was doing, and he was getting promotions, mm-hmm. right? He was like a real sociable guy and like lunch, dinner, like lunch dates, dinner date mm-hmm. kind of thing. But when it's a guy's, this engineering was a guy's, it's one thing. She didn't want to be doing that yeah. as a woman, right? Yeah. And it was like, well, you got you to gotta shine somewhere else. And, you know, because of the nature of your job, you got to let people know that you're shining. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't do it quietly in this industry. Yeah. You know, and uh, she figured out how to do that her way with modesty. You know, mm-hmm. her, her, her own version of humility and shit. Yeah. And she figured that out. And, it, but it was as we were leaving uh, Atlanta. So we left, she left that job. She went to a different job and she just started that way from the beginning. Yeah. Right. And she came in and, and it was almost like, it was almost like people just respected her as this established person, even though she was like young in the industry. And that was probably more the issue that people were having less yeah. than she, that she was a woman more than she was just young, mm-hmm. you know, but going forward, just not complaining seemed to be the solution. Yeah. You know, when we when we look at back at exactly the uh, the baseline of what helped make everything go to the next step and then go to the next, it was just not complaining. Mm-hmm. It was you're either going to do something about it or you're not. Yeah. Right? So either do it or don't. But if you're not going to do it, move the fuck on. Right. You know? So, yeah, that, that, that was big for us. And you just get better at doing, like, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine experimenting with my life anyway. It's like, yeah. what else are we going to do? So uh, this is also following a time when we literally got rid of all of our material possessions and started over. That's amazing, though. Yeah. Yeah, I've fun. moved five times in the last two years. Yeah. It's awful every time because of shit. And every time I get rid of more and I get rid of more and I get rid of more and I think it'll be so much easier the next time. Yeah. Fuck having stuff, dude. Yeah, we emptied it out. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> it's nice sick. to have things cool, but, like, moving it five times really sucks. It does. You know, I don't want... I, I just want to be in one place for, like, a long time and not have to worry about things. Yeah, well, my, my wife grew up moving around a lot, and so did I, so... I mean, we're we're very... I mean, I wouldn't mind being in one place for a long time, but mm-hmm. I, I don't mind moving. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels right. I could adapt, like, if I had to do it. Yeah. You know, but it's nice to have, like, be touched down somewhere. Like, I... Uh, before we moved to New York, I lived in Massachusetts my whole life. Outside of one semester abroad. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is cool to, like, be somewhere else and, like, do it on your own somewhere else in a different way, you know? Yeah. 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 It's not in Massachusetts. Not in Massachusetts, which it's fine. Like, st- shout out to everybody who still supports me from over there. It's cool, but, you know, New York is different. Yeah. I mean, I like I like being in – I like – I mean, location – I don't really care. Yeah, I just, it's just another I like city moving is in different. different houses. Yeah. I like the way different houses feel when you move in and adapt to a different house. Yeah. You know, and like make it your own. Yeah. You kind of like the house is like it's it's shaping you whether you realize it or not. Yeah. You know, this is my favorite place I've ever lived because this is like the first place that I have like dedicated space to work on my art. 
and it took a really long time to get that set up too but i mean outside of like podcasting stuff but you know and the things on the wall are mine or like i created them and like i'm just proud to be around them and put me in a good mood you know so it's yeah. i don't know but that that shapes you i mean that that strengthened your 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 creative passions like just having a room like this to be able to create and i mean if this is that room you know like yeah you know so having this room to be able to create the things you want to create is of course going to strengthen your creative passion which if you didn't have this room i mean i'm sure you would still have a creative drive but the the, the effort to create something would be such the, so much bigger when your flow state isn't interrupted it, yeah. it's obviously way more fruitful and like to have a studio as an artist especially when you have like so many different mediums mm -hmm. it's it's a like blessing to have it like i know not everybody has that opportunity it took me literally almost 30 years so yeah. <laughs> it can happen for you if it hasn't yet um but i mean the goal is to have a dedicated one that, day studio you know that'd be amazing yeah that was some of the stuff that uh, Ansley and I kind of agreed on early in our relationship about what a house should be, mm -hmm. right? It should be, a house should facilitate your hobbies and interests. Absolutely. You know? you know, we have all this space in houses, mm -hmm. and we just put furniture in them all. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah. So we've we've always been like that. The whole time we've been together. When we, we were That's living awesome. in apartments where, because we didn't have space, but we had all this this weight equipment, mm -hmm. this exercise equipment, like half of our living room would be a gym. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's just how we lived. We just love, and we were lugging weights, you know, in our moves. Hell still. yeah. Yeah. Do you have that space now? Yeah, we have the, we have a sick room. That's awesome. Yeah, we have like a bunch of mats on the floor, like enough for us to train jujitsu. Mm -hmm. And then we have the weights. Yeah, it's, it's the, that's best. It's the cool. best room on earth. That's so cool. Yeah. Do your kids have like similar hobbies and interests? You know, they're, they're physical. Yeah. You know, so that room uh, is also kind of like their playroom where they can, like, you know, flips and cart like, whatever they jump off of stuff, you know, because the, mm -hmm. the, the floors are padded. Yeah. And then we also have other mats in the room so they can build on top of that so they can do more dangerous stunts. Yeah. Yeah. You're building little stunt doubles. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, because we, we, we want our kids. So we were both really physical kids. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like, having uh being a creative kid early on and also having like a, a pretty high level of physical ability gave me a different version of problem solving mm -hmm. right so you're like i, I i'm really good at a, a bunch of different dimensions of problem solving that's awesome and you you notice like people that didn't grow up being physical are kind of missing something yeah when they are solving problems that involve people mm -hmm. right for one thing <laughs> people are not really good delegators right yeah you know like like i because i feel like i this person's motivated i can rely on this person for that and, and so on and so forth a lot of people just rely on people saying oh i'll do it yeah or whatever you want to do yeah and then or, they, yeah they trust they just trust that yeah. a person's gonna get a thing done and it's like it ain't me no, 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 don't get that person that job no that, not that person not that job mm -hmm. you, you know yeah so i'm i'm really good at delegating shit yeah you know so i don't even know why but i just said that <laughs> that's an important skill yeah. that's a really important skill well, we were talking about your kids um and yeah. problem solving and different dimensions and things but um being able uh, to delegate 
Uh, I had a, a, well, I probably still do. It depends. Uh, Irish can answer this question, but he's not in the room. Um, I have like a, I used to have a really awful control problem with like, I couldn't, in terms of like, I couldn't delegate. Uh, if there was like a project uh, that in, in any circumstance through school, through work, whatever, like I had to be on top of everything and that caused a lot of unnecessary anxiety. Like, if you're working on a team, you should be able to rely on your team. And if you can't rely on your team, then you need to pick a better team. You know yeah. what I mean? Or you got to get better at getting out of the team what you need to get out of it. Right. And understand, like, what your skill set is. And it's also an ego thing. Um, I think, like, learning to loosen up and control... Um, really I had to be really reflective with what I was being egotistical about or insecure mm -hmm. about you know yeah you know so the process of not complaining really helped me deal with an ego thing yeah because when you're complaining in a situation you're complaining about how the situation isn't the way you want it mm. right and who deserve who who just has the right to have everything be the way they want in the first place right so every complaint comes from the ego, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, like, yeah, the ego's, the ego be in the way for shit. Yeah. I've been trying to meditate more and, like, taking, like, a step back. Like, why am I anxious? What do I, what am I being, like, weird or controlling about or insecure about? And, like, trying to practice that more um, throughout the day. Because I, I try to start the day that way. It mm -hmm. doesn't always happen, but I really try hard at least five times out of seven yes you know but if, if i had to say anything because when i'm looking at the pattern of the ego getting in the way of something mm. it always seems like there's a perception that people want other people to have of them mm -hmm. and they're more they're, they're that that perception kind of takes precedent in a communication situation yeah right so what i mean by that so if you if you tell me something I already know, mm -hmm. I'll just listen to it. Yeah. Right. I don't care. You know I don't I don't. <laughs> it's like thank you for yeah. that tidbit. Yeah. Because yeah. you, also you might say it in a different way, mm -hmm. right? Also, or you might say it and then in that moment that you're saying it, it might trigger something that n has never been triggered before because the overall context of the situation and that person saying it just was never existed, mm -hmm. right? So information can hit you different in different ways throughout your life. So. Mm -hmm. But also, if I if I attempt to make that person know that I know, it's only so they see me as a person that already knew. Hmm. And what does that even matter? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like who cares? That, so that was just an in. So if I now stop communication to let them know that I knew, I just interrupted communication, and I just I changed the whole entire dynamic of the communication now. Mm -hmm. Right. Because. Now this person is worried about offending me, saying things that I, I might already know. Yeah. Right? When that wasn't my goal. Right. My goal wasn't to make them feel weird about saying that. But I can't help. They're a human being. I can't help how they process information. Yeah. Right? So it's like, you know, that's superfluous. You just get rid of shit like that. Yeah. You know? it's uh, So you see it in sports. Like, you know, you're coaching. You're coaching somebody. And you're saying, hey. When you're in this situation, you got to do it. Like, oh, yeah, no, I got to do that. I got to do that. And then they do it again, and they do it wrong. Like, hey, when you're in this situation, they get, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, 
But it's like, how about you just fucking listen mm-hmm. and let it hit you and let that be another dimension of absorbing information so that when you're in that situation next time, you're more likely to do the right thing. Right. Right. Because it's like it's, you, you got to find repetition wherever you can get it from. Mm-hmm. Like positive, positive repetition. Right. Yeah. Positive affirmations. And I think uh, especially working on so many things at once, it's just like constantly churning out. And if you're not saying to yourself, like, I'm doing a good job, like it, it weighs on you because like, you're expected to do your job, you know? Not everybody's going to say thank you, and it shouldn't be expected or anything like that. But if if you're doing something that you're passionate about, like you have to affirm yourself of that too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's from the fun you get to have. Yeah, and making it. You yeah, know? like that's like it, it's really difficult to be having a great time creating something to me. Like I'm doing a terrible job right now. Yeah, you know? it feels great. Yeah, like I I used to work a corporate job, and I. I love the actual context of the work, but I never felt like I was doing, like design work is never ending. Like a, a design project will, will never be done. Mm-hmm. You can submit something, there will always be something that needs to be reworked or someone fucked it up or whatever because there's so many hands on it, especially in like big healthcare projects, um, which is mainly what I was doing. And it, it's just, you you don't get to an end. So if you don't feel like there's like an end to your goal, you're just on this n- never-ending loop. You know what I mean? So it wasn't yeah. fulfilling to me at all. But the now, like for instance, I get to work on podcasting or I get to do some kind of like physical artwork or whatever. When it's done, it's done. And I get to like step back and look at it. And it's a a good feeling, you know? Yeah. I am I am prone to monotonous, repetitive tasks. Yeah. I love that shit. <laughs> it is so calming and yeah. soothing. It's funny because, like the 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 way that I pursue comedy, I pursue, you know you pursue it as it comes out of you, mm-hmm. right? And the way that that is, the way that I work best, is uh, in the realm of like genuine spontaneity. Yeah. Right. And. So I have to I have to I have to connect with the material in a genuine way for it to work. Like mm-hmm. I can't like the words, like yeah, they're yeah yeah they're perfectly crafted jokes. Yes, <laughs> but like the words alone don't give them the the oomph. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, but if if there was a way that I could fucking automate that, yeah, I absolutely would be a, a hack, <laughs> like a genuine honest. Hack. <laughs> if I, I I can't figure it out. <laughs> Like, I promise you I'm trying. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I would just, like, rehearse it in the mirror all day long. To, I just, like, love it, you know? Some people really do do that, though. You know? I mean, and I'm not mad at them, man. It's like... It's so funny. It's, you know, like, for me, looking on the outside, it's like, fuck, you fucking fucker. You figured it out. Or you, you, you got lucky that your natural way to produce comedy is also in line with something formulaic. Yeah. Like you fucking lucky asshole. Yeah, my you know? brain doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's it's insane. So, I mean, but for almost every other part of my life, I feel like my like somehow things I wouldn't say automated. I mean, it takes maintenance, but I I lucked out in almost every other aspect to have things kind of be automated. Mm-hmm. You know, except for like my creative pursuits. That's good though. It's not bad. I get all of my all of my energy now goes to that. Like That's anything cool. else is yeah. 
Um, can we talk about the your recent opportunity with Theo Vaughn? Yeah, 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 yeah. We had gay sex. <laughs> 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 When I, I, he is uh, a tremendous power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Expected. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sell myself short. I think <laughs> it takes two to tango. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. I, uh, yeah, it was fun. I got to open for Theo Vaughn at two theater shows. That's so cool. Yeah, it was great. That's so, so cool. Yeah, he's a really sweet guy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, he ended up paying me more money than we agreed to. Wow. Yeah. When kind. He, yeah, when... um. To book the show, like he called me personally to set everything up. Wow! Yeah, he just got my number from the owner of Helium and just called me. Good dude. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. How how long did you have to prepare for that? What do you mean? Like when when did he call and when was the date that you had to perform? Oh, so uh, I think maybe a week. Oh wow! Maybe two weeks. Holy shit! Yeah. Wow, how how they like how did you get connected with that? The well, he was looking for somebody that so he he his people I guess contacted the owner of Helium to mm. connect them with somebody that was capable of you know not get, like going doing a theater show and not being like disgustingly blue. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's uh they didn't ask me to be clean. Yeah. But they specifically were like, we just don't want somebody just like being disgustingly blue. Yeah. Because like I've said, they probably made that mistake once or twice. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so I'm used at Helium. Like they use me a lot for corporate shows. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. It's, it's fun. It's like, it's decent money. Yeah. And then, um, so when they get something that's like semi-clean-ish, it's like I'm typically the go-to yeah. guy. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So that's, that's basically how that. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I, I saw it, we were like, you're, you posted pictures about it. Yeah. And then like a couple of days later, we saw that his special like went up on Netflix. Yeah. And then we watched it and I was thinking of you. I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. That was to know that this is all connected. Crazy, right? Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. It was like, I, I, I so I'm not super informed about the, the comedy world or even the entertainment world mm. for that most part. You know, I'm just like. I kind of, I just like making comedy, Yeah, you know? Like, I don't really care who's in comedy news and comedy gossip and who's dating who. I could give a fuck. Yeah. Right? So I had no clue Same. Theo Vaughn was famous. <laughs> he's like really famous. Yeah, he's pretty successful. That was so funny to me. Yeah. You know, because I'm like talking to him like he's like this guy that just started doing theater shows. But he's like, ju he is just, he's a guy though. Yeah. He's still a person. Yeah, I'm gl I'm glad I didn't know he was, I don't, I don't know if I would have reacted differently, but I'm glad I was the way that I was. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's you being you, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah. I think people appreciate that at any level, you know, to know like what your genuine, like, <laughs> impression is first impression is you know yeah i did learn though that like f like fame is inconceivable what do you mean like it's it's just so it's just so much yeah it's like you can't i i don't think even he has a has a grasp of how many eyes are on him yeah you know and how much so he had us uh the first night he asked us to come take pictures with him after the show nice and we thought he just meant come on stage and take stage pictures you know yeah 
he met come to, with me when I go with my fans and take pictures. Oh my right? god! I thought that's what he meant, but he has an opener that he travels with all the time, and his opener didn't go. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna go either." But I think that's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And then the next night, he goes, "Hey, how about this?" Uh, I just thought of this, man. How about you guys all come take pictures with me with the fans this time <laughs> so they can tag you in the pictures and then we all get the tags. <laughs> I, I just thought of that. <laughs> I was like, you didn't just take that. You said that shit last night, but we were fucking retarded. <laughs> you know? That's nice. Yeah, it was like, so yeah, that's nice. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. No, no, he didn't have to do that. And he could have been like, hey, I said that last night too. You guys are retarded. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he was nice about that every step of the way. That's nice. Right? We love that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun working with him. It was fun seeing um, how it's, 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 it's an effort. You can see that he's making an effort, but he's he's not letting his fame change him. He, he's, that's good. He's making the effort that it takes to still be a, a humble, giving, compassionate person. That's pretty fun. That's important. Yeah. yeah. He's, he has to, by the way, because he relies on, like, his spontaneous goofy thoughts to generate comedy so he can't really start believing his own hype yeah you, you know what i mean yeah yeah that's a that's a good way to live <laughs> like be humble you know the yanta login love yanta stay humble thank you the swedes i talk about that this episode way too much on this podcast have you watched this is pop on Netflix, it's a docu-series. No, I just thought you were just like rattling off Ikea Let furniture me, for a second. Let me, pretty much. <laughs> right, I, we got one of those. I've probably <laughs> talked about this four times, and I don't care because I'm about it, okay? Um, <laughs> there's a docu-series on Netflix about pop music. Third episode about Swedish pop. And I just very much admire how they just do their thing. Swedes are awesome, and they have... Something that's called the law of Yanta or Yanta Lagen, which is essentially like to be humble. And like that's that's why they're so successful, they think. Because they're they're humble people and they're like really talented, but they just do their thing. They just do their thing, they are who they are, they put it out in the world and they're Yeah, too. I think I think if more people did their thing, yeah, people would be being more compassionate. Yeah. I think most people are afraid to be compassionate because they don't want to get taken advantage of and they don't want to be seen as a pushover. Mm-hmm. So they're fucking douchebags. It's like it's not even on purpose. Yeah. They're just protecting themselves from getting fucked over. And then I feel like, so, well, I've felt like this in my life, obviously. You get kind of pushed into a corner of like, this is what people want me to be and this is who I really am. And like you were saying, like, once that clashes and you're like, this is who I am. Not everybody's going to like it. It's like it's jarring to a lot of people. Yeah. You know? So to get on like back to like this is who I am, it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and more people need to be who they are is really what I'm trying to say. I think so too. And I think yeah. uh, in a way that's not a rebellion to the people that want them to be something else. Yeah. You don't have to always be rebelling mm-hmm. to be who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? I always found that really weird. I mean, but again, I was like, I, you know, I was hit by a car. I suffered a weird concussion. So I was a weird kid. Right. So I just, I was like, uh, you know, I never felt the need to rebel hard about what I believed for me. Yeah. I was just doing it. Yeah. And people were like, no, don't do that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. 
and just like move on with my life and do whatever. Yeah. And people just like watch me like, is he just gonna do whatever the fuck he wants to do? Like I used to, <laughs> I used to have this joke that um, when I when I first started comedy, it was uh, about how went, like girls would break up with me for the same reasons they wanted to date me in the first place. Yeah. Right. They would just be like, oh, he's so unique. He kind of like does his own thing. He's a free spirit. And then like three months later, like he's just unique. He's free spirit. He's <laughs> he does what he wants. He's doing his own fucking thing, <laughs> you know. But it's, yeah, I just never really. Yeah. I don't care, man, if you disagree. But, but my mom was like that. My mom was just like, ain't nobody going to tell me who the fuck I, you know. Yeah. So it was just like, well, I can be a version of that that's not all poppy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't got, I don't got to scream about it. I'm just going to yeah. do what I want unapologetically yeah yourself yeah i i feel i was gonna add i had on my list of things <clears throat> to talk about was like forgiveness and that also being sort of like a part of letting things go and ego and whatever but when i guess this could segue because when you're unapologetically yourself how much do you have to like apologize for you're just like i, I forgive everybody because i'm gonna be who i am I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I've been with the same woman for 21 years. I apologize a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, not, not even from like a hacky relationship standpoint, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know, you're constantly finding the limits, or you're, you're not finding the limits. How, how can I say? But when you're free, mm -hmm. when you're both free, you know, it's. Uh, and honestly, I don't even like she apologizes too, and I don't. She doesn't have to, and I, I apologize, and I'm pretty sure I don't have to either. But it's. Um, I kind of sometimes you just gotta let a person know that you know that they are tolerating you. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know <laughs> such a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and and not even just in relationships, but I think that goes for like you know friends and family members too. Yeah, for sure. It helps. I'm a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a. I feel like. A, like I have this uh, ongoing, like universal blank joke about myself, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it's like if uh, it's like it's like a, a playoff of the universal donor for blood. Yeah. Right. So like when it comes to having sex with girls, I'm the universal boner. <laughs> when it comes to like telling jokes in any format, I'm the universal joker. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to being like a a, a solid boyfriend, I'm the universal <laughs> bloker. I don't really have a great one for that yet. <laughs> But it's like, but you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a great, I'm, I'm a great person to be with because I'm like, you know, I'm understanding. I'm understanding. I think I just lost myself in the, uh, in my headphones. Oh, yeah. But I'm. I'm you am can I hear yourself now? Yeah, yeah, I hear myself okay, now. Cool. Yeah, I don't like. You know, I'm easy. I'm easy to get along with. You know, but it's yeah. also I also come with a lot. Yeah, you know? that's me. Yeah, that's me. And I, dude. I oh. told this man up front. Are you still losing yourself? It's, it's in and out, but I got it. It's a... Uh, hold on. Yeah. Let me see that for a second. Mm -hmm. That part. Okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Might just been a little loose. Okay, cool. Um, uh, what was I saying? Something about forgiveness? You told this guy up front. Oh, dude. I told this guy up front. I'm a lot, dude. I didn't seem like... Talk about things that are look like they are something, but they're not. I was like, I'm... Are you sure? I'm a lot. Say that to everybody. I always got to put the disclaimer. 
I can't ever say that I've gone into a relationship without the disclaimer. Yeah, not me. They'll, they'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> they'll see it early and often. <laughs> if they don't know. If they don't know I'm a lot, that's on them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, th- it, this is the first relationship, though, that I definitely was unapologetically have been myself the entire time. So that's cool. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sick. So far, it's been cool. Yeah. Somebody you can grow with. Yeah. It's fun. He's a wild boy, dude. Yeah. Gets in Facebook bands and fucking real person fights sometimes. He's a passionate man. But. It's passion. As long as he's not (laughs) hitting me, (laughs) it's all good. (laughs) Is that true? Is there not a small part of you that's like, you find it sexy if he would just haul off and smack you one time? Like like in uh like I in mean, the Victorian era slap, like to calm you down from having the vapors <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> um, I mean, I reserve that for like you know our li- other life, you know, the our non real life, where he can be aggressive. But at, in in real life, I think that uh, I mean he, I know he would never hit me. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 I also know if anybody like tried to hit me, he would probably kill them. So yeah, I feel like any dude that hits a woman isn't far off from also murdering a woman. Mm-hmm. Of course, my cousin's calling yeah. me now. It's like a gateway drug <laughs> to murder women, like hitting women. You know, it's. Uh, I think he he looks like he would murder women. And sounds like he would murder women, but he wouldn't <laughs> murder women in real life. Yeah, but like he looks like he would murder women and like lure them into a maze type of way, where they have like, <laughs> where each, each in his corner garb. of the maze just like takes. He's yeah. wearing a linen robe, <laughs> a cape, and has a spear. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um. Anyways, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how we got here. We always come back here. But, uh, okay, cool. Let me just make sure that there wasn't... Oh, last thing. Um, Every week, I try to do uh, an accountability thing, which at first wasn't on purpose, but now I'm making it an on-purpose thing. I'll make this, like, my one segment, I guess. Well, well, we had Moosh Manifest, so that will still be a segment. But our second segment, I guess, now officially will be... I like some accountability check. And every week at the end, there's like a project or something that I'm working on that I'm like, I'm doing this, look out for this, or holds me accountable for next time to like give you an update. Um, and then I usually ask my guests if there's anything that they would like to be accountable for for the next like week or however long. Um, so I'll let you think about that while I do mine. Uh, last time, so we were with Lori last time. And, oh, First of all, shout out to Lori, who gave us the best medicated treats. Those were fantastic. Um, woke up still high the next day. I think I fell um, asleep sitting upright on your couch. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Lori didn't make it home. <laughs> she made it as far as the couch. It was great. Um, I don't know if we did we even do a ca- I don't think we even did accountability. So the time before would have been with Kevin. Uh, I don't remember what it was. I think I said that I was going to do running. Didn't do that. <laughs> I will. <That's> <laughs> I talked to you about that too. Yeah, it's funny that you phrased it. Do run. <laughs> like, I will go for a run. Yeah, fine. I'll do. Run. It's like somebody was pushing it on you like drugs. <sighs> like you've just been saying no for so long. No, my mom told me not to do running. 
I'm not going to disappoint my father by doing running and end up in one of those running houses. <laughs> end up in a track house. <laughs> Do a lap, yeah. Moosh. <laughs> you're, you're, you're about honest. She's a track head now. <laughs> um, I, okay, fucking, I'm going to do running. Don't do running. I'm going to do running, no, dude. No. Yes. You have too much potential. You have your whole life ahead of you. Don't do running. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll come up with a different one. Well, oh, Same. update. <laughs> update on my, my coloring book that I'm designing. Uh, I said I was going to do 12 pages. I've done 10 so far. So we're on track for it to be done for the holiday season. Yay, yay. Hell yeah. Very exciting. Um, for those of you who don't remember, the I'll, this will be an accountability thing. I'll do, I'll do another page for the next time. Um, or I'll, I'll leak some sketch about it for the next time. Um, I'm designing a coloring book. Uh, I'll... Every single page is, it's like an adult coloring book. Every single page I've drawn. And there's like a little uh, boner, story. A little boner. A little boner. <laughs> there's a little boner that will tell you about that page specifically. And it's in a particular order. But it's um, like mental health related, uh, particularly for me. And uh, uh, that's all I'll say for now. Because then I'll have to keep holding myself accountable. So I'm going to do one more page and I'll continue to leak information about this for the next time. Um, <laughs> what is there anything that you would like to put out there into the ether and manifest that you're going to do? Yeah. Creatively? I'm gonna, uh, so I, I'm, I'm reading an audio. I'm doing I'm narrating an audio book. I'm, uh, Matt McCusker wrote a book. Awesome. And it's called Overlook. And I'm doing the the narration for the audio book and I want to, I want to get it all Sick. done this week. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, I started it a, a little, like a month ago when I had time, but then we had to find different mics and that took yeah. like a week. So that took up all, all of the time that I set aside to do that project at that time. Next and time, now, let us know and we'll help you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. Well, we'll, yeah. We'll talk after this, but we can yeah. definitely help you with that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to get that done this week. Cool. And I also want to start, like to like lay down uh just like the a plan to start recording some of these self defense videos that yeah want to record so awesome uh, yeah yeah and i want to um i want to like read and research on how to how to how to be the reason a woman has an orgasm <laughs> <laughs> how to not just be in the room? Before I would, I would, I would say that if a man is trying to sexually please a woman, he's probably gay, right? <laughs> it's a gay. It's just a gay thing. It just seems. It just doesn't seem manly. <laughs> it doesn't. When you say it, when you're like, I want to try to make her come. It's like, Ew, what did I say? It's gross. <laughs> Why am I trying to make a woman come? But it's like. But, you know, it's 2021, and, you know, my wife and I have been together for a pretty long time, mm -hmm. and uh, I just wanted her to know that I'm researching it. I will never <laughs> implement anything it takes to make a woman come, I promise you. That, <laughs> that is my syndicate guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, perfect. So you're going to record that stuff and you're not going to make anyone come. No. Awesome. Okay, cool. <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to plug for all of them hoes in the house out there? Oh, I mean, just check out the podcast, Two Jack Bros. That's that's all uh, it's All of my creative energy is being focused on that right now. Got some stand-up coming up in the area. If you like stand-up comedy, you can check out my website sydneygant.com just go to the calendar section don't look at any other page <laughs> i don't i haven't updated it in a while i don't know what it looks like <laughs> just go straight to the calendar section and i just started using it again so i only have like a few dates at a time i okay. hate using that calendar okay it's uh but i'm trying that's another thing oh i'll be accountable i want to start putting my dates in my calendar on a regular basis instead of trying to have them all in my head and then freaking me out about missing shows all the time yes. i wake up at night like did i fucking miss a show tonight <laughs> and they're like just they just they felt like I'm so I'm every night I wake up and I'm worried that I missed the show and they were so they're like, damn, he's, he hot dogs on us so hard. I probably shouldn't even message him about it. They, they like they feel like I'm just so up my own ass that they won't even be like, dude, you missed this show. So I never get to actually find out. Do you know, you know what I mean? I do it's know a, what you it's mean. Torture. That's that is. I was about to say that that's nightmare inducing. Yeah. it literally is because you wake up from that. Yeah, I gotta stop doing that. Uh, yeah. So get a calendar, dude. I have, I have a calendar. I don't, I don't use it. Just, I just like, you know, it's one of my things that I. It's like one of my things that I allow to seep up to create like a self sabotaging moment where I'm like, I just gotta take a break from booking <laughs> shows. I can't do this. I need to take two months off and get my shit together. It's too much anxiety. Comedy's hard. How <laughs> many shows a month do you do? Depends on uh, depends, depends on, on, how, not, depends on how not I'm using my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh well I I, I mean it, it it varies, but um Yeah. I would say like at least four big shows a month. Like yeah. Four shows that financially help me out. Cool. You know, and then uh every other sh- you know, free show that I'm willing to do. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. I'm like, I'm not, I like doing stand-up comedy and making people laugh. All right, dude. So book Sydney and also yell at him if he missed your show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just like worried people are just going to start hitting me up like, dude, you missed my show. <laughs> no. It's a great way to backdoor <laughs> me into doing their shows. Like people are afraid to ask. Like, it's so funny because like a lot of the, like the younger comedians in the area that do local, like, you know, like free shows and stuff, mm-hmm. they're afraid to ask us older comics to do their shows they think we're gonna be like what the fuck are you gonna why would we do your shows this would be a great way for them like philly's a very scammy area yeah they would much rather scam their way into me doing their shows than directly asking me so this is a great way to scam me tell me i missed your show i'll feel so terrible that i'll be like please i'll do any other day i'm so sorry (laughs) and then once he's booked be like just kidding. I listened to you on House Ho, but great. Glad you're booked. <laughs> Confirmed. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, cool. So you're going to get a calendar and shit. Laura, what are your plugs and what are you being accountable for? Well, plug just my Insta. I am Laura Sue. Um, yep. Keep talking to the mic. Accountability, just getting through Into the mic. Week. Into the mic. This is the mic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the front of it. There you go. Through, uh, Dope. That'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd also like to plug myself as the single funniest comedian in the world that's not going to Skank Fest. That's my... Dope. We can hang yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm going to plug myself on all the guest podcasts I do this coming up. 
Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, have fun at Skankfest. Be safe and get back home safe and all the safe travels. Um, all right. You guys can follow me at Ani underscore Moosh on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also follow my art page at by underscore Moosh. Check out my website, AniMooshMedia.com. And uh, for, yeah, I'll post on my, my art page my accountability things. So uh, any anything that I do, sketches or projects that I have, like personal, I post there. Otherwise, y'all know where to find me, too much content.live. Um, thank you, Sydney, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. We'll see you next week. Later, hoes. <laughs> hey, thank you.